and then, and then I grasped him firmly by the shaft and said, no, you finish. <laughs> Oh dear me. Welcome to Bogdomkozd. Yes. Uh, I'm Bogdomkozd. I'm Bogdomot. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, nothing has changed. Nothing. But if you're listening to us on the YouTubes... <laughs> the YouTube. Welcome to our new home, Big Damn Channel. For those of you on iTunes, go and subscribe anyway, because we've got video content! Ah! What on earth? We're I actually going to release stuff. Bits and pieces. We're gonna be like Collider, but not robots. Uh, well, I don't. I know I'm not a robot. Oh, that's not. How do I know you're not a robot? Well, that's just something a robot would say. I need to look inside. I'm not saying, by the way, disclaimer. I'm not saying that Collider are all emotionless automatons programmed to say what they've been told to say. I am implying that they are automatons programmed to do the orders given to them by their automaton overlords I'm not who saying, wish to replace all humanity. I'm not saying that this is the case. Mm. But I'm not not saying that this is the case. Yes, yes. Yes, pretty much. Yes. Um, you know, I just I, I just don't, don't believe any media. It's all fake news. And that's the way the news goes. Uh-oh! Somersault! Jump! We have got some... Do you know what? This week doesn't even feel like we're talking about news. We've got two news stories to talk about. We've got a shit ton of your emails to read out as well. But not just that. It feels like confessional. Oh, no. It feels like therapy. Because we took a bullet for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. And then I cried. You may be aware of our popular... um, Out of both ends. You may be aware of our popular item... um, Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans, reluctantly answer Doctor Who questions. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's a few of those to come up in the emails. But a lot of people always ask us, what did you think of you know, the last Christmas special? What do you think? Have you watched it? Are you still watching it? So for your enjoyment, this week, we, we finally got round to watching. We plugged each other's gaps. Yeah. Matt had not seen The Husbands of River Song. I had not seen The Return of Doctor Mysterio. As of the words coming out of my mouth right now, we've both just filled those gaps. We've both just seen them both. And we'll get to that. Very soon. But first, oh, yeah. for context, we're a bit drunk. For nope. extra context. Nope. No? Not drunk at all. No. Not drunk. Not a drop as, <clears throat> not a drop as past my, uh, my lips. Luscious lips. Uh, your, just, your Val Kilmer in the early 90s lips. I assure you, officer, I've only had a few ales. <laughs> for what ails you? Um, hey. But first, let's talk old men. In a desert. How old? Older than the sun. And also 90. Fucking 90. <laughs> Logan <laughs> dropped its quote-unquote final trailer this week onto the yeah. interwebs. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Old Man Logan uh, connection seems to stop and, st- well, just sort of start stop and, and end, end with the fact that it's Logan, he's older, and all of his friends are dead and gone. Yeah. That seems to be it. it. We are entering an 80s, 90s X-Men style book with bloody, what they call this? They're not the Marauders, are they? Is that their yeah, name? The Marauders, yeah, the Marauders. So it's all cyborgs and yeah. gritty Mad Max-esque kind of stuff, but not as flamboyant. Dude with a gun arm. Yeah, dude with a gun arm. Literal gun arm. Literal 
gun. But he's not a doof warrior, wrist. is he? Let's he's not the on. doof warrior, but um, what is what is the doof warrior? A hefty portion of X twenty three thrown in as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, this trailer pretty much confirms. Yeah, that's X twenty three. Yeah. Look at the two two bloody claws coming out of a upper hand. Will we get a uh, weird claw coming out of a feet? We're gonna get. Oh, I hope so. <clears throat> that would be weird. Um, cool. But we also well, is it? Shut up. Ruin shoes, wouldn't you? Um, I'd probably, I'd probably chop your toe off every time you did it. Oh, God damn it! And then wait for it to grow back. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it revealed a bunch of new stuff without really giving anything away on the surface. It yeah. was all kind of, if you pay attention to the trailer and you know how movies work, you can kind of figure out the plot to a degree. Yeah. Uh, as far as I can tell from this new trailer, the plot Logan is... Oh, look, I'm a loner, baby, except for the old man in my silo out back. All right, fair enough. Keeping an old man in a water tower. Yeah, it's like an even kinkier Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh! Ten Cloverfield Lane's not kinky. Apart from mm. the acid bath. Spoilers. So, um... Don't kink shame me. Mmm, yes, you you love it. You love building up and then your climax being a ten-minute alien invasion. So the point is... <laughs> Logan's thingy, they somehow get wind of this girl who's kind of like him, who seems to be being hunted by the Marauders, and they go out to find her protector, and then it's an on-the-road, on-the-run kind of movie. They find brief solace in the house of a guy, you see that guy that they sat on the table with at yeah, one point? Yeah. Uh, and it will eventually lead in some kind of big denouement uh, that either is is began in or will lead to the sequence in the woods, where I noticed this time, didn't notice in the other trailers, in the woods, he's got shorter hair... Mutton chops again, mm. but it's not a flashback because she's in one of the shots as well. Mm. Or is it? Oh, and he's got the, he's got the graying hair and the scars. I think I think at some point there's going to be a classic Hollywood style. I'm gonna I'm I'm me again, and he just sort of trims his facial hair a bit. And it's like, mate, if you're going to shave, shave it all off. Do you reckon? <laughs> do you reckon that is that that is now after the point where the Professor X has died and they've buried him? I, I think that's what's happening in the first trailer <clears> when they're holding the shovel. Yeah, I think they've buried Professor X. I, you know, I noticed that, but I've got to say, I have a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. I don't think it isn't right. There. I don't think your theory, which I know exactly what you're about to say, I don't think it bears out from what we've seen in the trailer. I don't think necessarily. I think Xavier is in his head, and certainly from the plot synopsis. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think Xavier is a ghost or a thing he's like seeing, hallucinating. I think it's Xavier. That doesn't mean Xavier isn't alive or dead somewhere. I think when we see him in the silo, that's not at the beginning. Where he's in the structure to bed, I think that's wherever he's being kept, quite possibly by the Marauders. I think the oh. I think the Xavier that's with Logan is being projected into his head. Then I didn't know exactly what you were about to say. Mm. But no, yeah, possibly. <clears throat> I, I, I do because think... that Xavier looks healthier the more the story goes on. I, I think Xavier is definitely around and kicking. Xavier, don't be so British. Xavier. Thank you. He's around. <laughs> My dad has a got me for that. Whenever I mention those movies, I say, yeah, Professor Xavier, he goes, it's Xavier. And I'm like, it's Xavier. Actually, it's Xavier. Yeah. Um, it's it's Xavier because we've been we've been told it's Xavier since the 60s. Because he says Xavier. Yeah. Because that's how he says his name. We are the future Charles Xavier, not them. <laughs> They're no longer Charles Xavier. Um, but I, I think that I also tink by Jingo. That um, Caliban's involvement is going to begin and end with him basically being tracked down by the Marauders and then forcing him to find X-23. Yeah, probably. Because we've only seen two shots of the trailers. One of them is him with his 
his mask and his hat and his sunglasses in the desert, and one of them is his head and someone holding him like forcibly, and he's screaming. So I think he's forced to reveal the whereabouts of either Lugan or Little Legs Twenty Three about it. Torture, Christopher. Are you saying you're going to see some torture in this movie? Yes. Awesome. That's not good. They've tortured us uh, with at least three of their films. It's about damn time <laughs> we saw some pain inflicted. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm ready for a good X-Men film, but at the same time, I also don't care about the X-Men films. <clears throat> yeah, well, I hope this is good, though. Well, I think we get a slightly different beast here in, in the R rating, because the Red Band version of this new trailer contains quite a bit of blood. It's not confirmed that it's an R rating yet, though. I thought it was. Um, they're aiming for an R rating. Oh, in terms of like the yeah. final. Oh, James okay. Mangold's turned around and said, "You're aiming for an R rating," but I can't say it's an R rating yet because it hasn't come back from the classification board. Okay, I mean there, we, there are red band R rated trailers. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's because of shots that are currently expected to be. Yeah, okay, fair yeah. enough. But they're aiming for an R rating, um, which means we get some blood. We also get Xavier dropping an F bomb in his Patrick Stewart oh, incarnation. So good, so good. Great line at the end of the trailer. Great tag at the end of the trailer. Go watch it. I'm not going to quote it. It's really good. We already have. But McAvoy ain't the only Xavier with a potty mouth anymore. No. So that's that's nice. Um, So so Wolverine's definitely rubbed off on him. Comes out... Dirty bastard. Comes out in March. Just like Wolverine. Rubbing off on Xavier. (laughs) Um, Considering X-Men's... I think we're both looking forward to this movie. Um, What about the next movie? The next movie that got a trailer this week... Was bang, 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 which roughly translated from the original German is Power Rangers. Is that what the language does? That's, that's what that was. Bang, okay, bang, bang, right. bang, bang, bang. I couldn't tell. Like, you're absolutely bang, bit bang, off. Lederhosen. That's how they speak. <laughs> um, we're, we've, we've, we've hit a crossroads of this one because I, I think this looks pretty fun. I don't think it looks like a great movie, but I think it looks pretty fun. I think it looks pants oh baby cakes i think its idea of fun is not fun <clears throat> I think in this cup that's not funny there's a line in the trailer it's not a good line it's a line in the trailer it's not i don't like any of the like i'm black what no you're not oh god just <laughs> shut up stop talking just everybody stop talking because you're all embarrassing yourselves Okay, but can I speak to <coughs> can i speak to the tiny map from the early 90s for a second about no that? he's not here no, anymore no. i'm gonna summon him Chris, he's dead. He's dead. I'll pass on a message. He's not coming out. Outside with Pippin the dog. What do you think of that brief bit where you see them in the suits fighting in daylight? Sorry. You can go back now. If you know what I'm saying, you can challenge me. I just thought I'd send him back to where all the VHS is. He probably watched as a kid. I, I'll never forgive you for that. You, you loved it. I, mm, you loved it. That was. I, I wasn't ready for him to come out. <laughs> Let's not tell them where he came out of. That might be the disturbing part. Uh, well, I just be glad for your sake that this is an audio podcast. <laughs> but I'll never wash it out of the table. So um, <laughs> that that shot that shot I really like of the trailer with the bit where you just see them like they all get a superhero landing and they all start beating up basically the movie's version of the putties, which are just like monsters of clay and rock, big, which big I'm fine monsters. with. I'm fine yeah, with I'd prefer to be humanoid, but well, I'm, I'm fine with them. Nervous. I'm fine with them being a bit more inhuman because it means they can beat the living shit out of them. Yeah, I suppose um, we can see them like crack apart and stuff. 
Um, they've definitely plus it was cool. Those suits look good in daylight. Yeah, they yeah, look they really do, good in daylight. I think I still think they're a bit too defined. Hmm. In terms of like cocks and boobs yeah. and yeah, too much cock and boobs, too much butt. If everyone's got a sexy ass butt, I'll feel slightly better about it. If they've all been given, here's a butt, I'll be like, all right, fine, okay. I mean, it's not right, but at least it's a little more equal here. <laughs> look at these teenagers' bodies. Lust over them. Look at their curves. Look at their contours. Ooh, you like that, don't you? Ooh. You've accidentally sold a ticket. <laughs> yeah, you like that. Ooh, they're young. Ooh, young and supple. But oh, they're, they're all in their twenties. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, but they're playing teenagers. That's the problem. Are they playing teenagers? Yes, you. yes, they yeah. are. Without yeah, you, without yeah. you. Um, <laughs> uh, but the suits look great in daylight. I really like the fact that there seems to be a thing that they've obviously found a Hollywood. A Hollywood shortcut, like there's always that thing of we want to show off the actors' faces as much as possible, especially when you've got expressionless masks. Yeah, um, but it's also like usually because they're like we want to show off the star power. Not so much in this film, but you know, I like the fact that it seems to be a thing that just retreats <laughs> off the face. That's a nice way around it. Um, and the masks, <laughs> <laughs> dirty that. I think I feel like they've touched up the Rita Repulsa look since we last saw the trailer. Well, they've like CGI'd the green up a bit and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and they. they sort of ugly Elizabeth Banks up a little bit. I think she looks like she's having a ball from she the shots does. we've seen. She does. It does sound like... And there's that be... black costume as well. She seems to have a black variation of the outfit in one shot. Yeah. So. And it seems like it might be sort of a, a development of her uh, Hunger Games role. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a more twisted version. Um, let's kind of let's go Essie, in reverse... Drink it, that's the drink it. <laughs> let's go in reverse order in terms of things we were concerned slash interested in. Uh, top five... Uh, fifth, um, Angel Grove, because I think it did say Angel Grove in the first trailer, didn't it? it? Did on the say Angel Grove. You know what? We're actually seeing a full town. It looks like sort of small town America out in the desert. I'm kind of cool with that. I think it looks all right. Yeah, it's okay. Um, number four, uh, the Zords. I think in motion they look all right, actually. Yeah, still not sold on the combined. <clears throat> still not sold on the fact that the Mastodon and the. Uh, Triceratops have multiple legs, but I think there's a bit of an insectoid thing kind of going on. Yeah, with definitely. definitely. Um, number three, the thing I really can't don't care for, Goldar. Yeah, Goldar's just a big monster made of gold. It's a lot of gold. That's a lot of gold. And you know the only reason they put that there is for everyone to who grew up with the show to go, wait, That's is that Goldar? Yeah, Goldar was a freaking lion monkey creature in gold yeah. armor. Yeah, not, like he not wasn't a, not something made of gold. He wasn't a golden homunculus. Um, but if they're not planning on putting Goldar in this universe and this is their way of sort of going mm, it's kind of like Goldar then alright fine whatever and I think the Megazord in the form it is in in the film forms to match that because we've seen the Megazord design and it's full because of the toy yeah yeah it's got the big wings and it's got a similar head um, whereas I think I mean maybe they're going for a thing where the Zords can adapt Maybe. To a different challenge, so we only get like the one sequence of the movie where they turn into a big man to fight another big man. It'll let um, them sell more toys. <coughs> it would. <coughs> toys aren't great. The action figures of the Rangers aren't bad. I've seen them out in the wild, but the Megazord toys aren't amazing. Although the toy of that Megazord, the one we looked at for you podcasts yeah, ago, yeah. looks good in person. Like it's a pretty big, cool looking toy, but then you remember it's the Megazord, you go, oh. Yeah. Um, although it's, it's little shot at the end of the trailer is kind of cool, where it just sort of stands up and then punches. Goldar. Oh god! Just makes me just makes me excited for Pacific Rim too. Yeah, well, that I mean, come on. Uh, number two, Alpha Five. Ugh. Emotion better than that design we saw. 
Um, Bill Hader's not going for an ay 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 Zordon kind of voice. He's just God. going for a sarky little voice. Oh yeah, yeah. Which kind of downplays the stupidity a bit. But don't know how I feel about it. I think I think in when you see the inside of the ship because the command center is just the inside of a crashed spaceship. Yeah, it looks I'm like down with that. Yeah. I think that's quite an interesting idea instead of it just being a big room sort of TARDIS with no central console um, until the movie when they just randomly put a central console in there. Yeah, because you need a central console. Um, you know, even as a kid, when I saw that the Power, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie, I was like, "This is the TARDIS." Yeah, they've just someone on the team, someone on the design team is a Doctor Who fan. They've just made the TARDIS for the command center. <laughs> and let's get to it, Zordon. What do we think? I think it's too soon after Man of Steel for me to not think of Man of Steel. Yeah, the pin art. Yeah, yeah. which is um, a shame because what an interesting way to do it. Without it being a floating, gassy head in a tube. You know what? I think if you can get Brian Cranston in for a couple of days of motion, facial motion capture and, and voiceover <clears throat> uh, Performance capture. Performance it is, capture. It has changed, good performance sir. Capture. <laughs> if you can get Brian Cranston in for a couple of days of performance capture and voiceover work, then yeah, go for it. And I do think it's a nice little... I mean, this is, again, doesn't reflect on the finished products of the movie um, or the quality of the script that they signed on for or anything. But it is nice that they've done a full circle by going, Hey, Brian! Your first professional work in television was voicing Power Rangers <laughs> monsters. You want to play Zordon in the massive motion picture? Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, How much? Who else is in it? Elizabeth uh, Banks. Long? Oh, really? Okay, fair enough. I get to see Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> no, we just need to. Call <clears> the <throat> you might meet her at the press junket, maybe. Maybe if, if if she's not directing a movie or you're not in another Oscar bait film, like I'm sure you might meet her at some point. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. It... You'll come see it with me. You've got to. You've got to not just not is just that, are you not, issuing an ultimatum? Yeah, not, not just not just because obviously it is our duty as pop culture um, commentators to absorb as much of the pop culture lexicon as we can. I don't want to absorb anything off you, but also because um, I want someone to hold my hand as I walk in there proudly in my tracksuit from the nineties with I Jason am on it. Not holding anything of yours. Especially if you're dressed in something that you used to wear when you were a child, because it ain't going to cover everything. I can wear one on each limb, and then be naked for the rest of it. I'll have a tracksuit top on my right arm, tracksuit bottoms on my left. I'll sellotape them together in the middle to make a bra, and then I'll go in like the whole duck, just wear nothing on the underpart. Victory should be naked. <laughs> it should indeed. <laughs> Beautifully segueing. Oh, gosh. Into uh, the main event. And, so Our new segment... Matt and, Chris, Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans, reluctantly watch Doctor Who. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be a lot more of that coming this year. Let me tell you. Well, let's see. Our tolerance level may not allow <laughs> it. First, for those who weren't listening at the beginning, that's the sound of ice rattling in a glass. Yeah, we thought we're going to do it. Let's have a giggle. Uh, so if we're going to do it. We should numb ourselves <clears> to the pain. Yeah. So several drinks later, um, here we are having watched. Let's start with the Husbands of River Song. A bit of context for people who maybe have just joined us, though. Um, we both adore Doctor Who. We grew up with it. It's like our favourite show of childhood and teens and I'd say probably early 20s it's as well. It's definitely one of my favourite shows It's, it's of in all there, time. isn't it? Yeah. It makes no Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Batman the Animated Series, but it's up there. Um, and in the last few years, we've steadily fallen out of love with the new stuff and just haven't really enjoyed it. I just don't know who you are anymore. Not out of sort of, ooh, it's not like it was when I was a kid kind of thing. More out of just, like, critique and... It's just not very good. Yeah, tonal issues, casting, consistency of scripts, weird character choices. 
it's voted by Gaz. Oh. And the show's weirdly re-established priorities in terms of who it wants to reach. Namely, just 14 to 16-year-old cosplayers on Tumblr. I don't think that is Which what is it's... not an insult to those people. But I don't think that is but... what it's going for. I think it's confused. <clears throat> well, sometimes it, wants to be... sometimes it wants to appeal to Game of Thrones fans. Sometimes it wants to appeal <laughs> to what, fans of superhero cinema. Game sometimes of Thrones it wants... is Maisie Williams. <clears throat> oh, Christ. Appearing in half the episodes Matt of the, saw the series. Matt saw the Series 9 box set for the first time today, and the caption on the booklet mentions Maisie Williams and Game of Thrones in sentence one. Yeah. In such a blatant attempt at, see, we're legitimate. Yeah, you are. You don't have to do Maisie this. Maisie Williams is in this. Oh, God. Maisie Williams is in this. Come She's back. not in the specials, though. Come back when you've got Charles Dance. Um, so... Has Charles Dance he's never been in Doctor Who, has he? No. Ooh. But imagine. Just imagine. Um... I do just imagine. Christmas 2015. Husband's River Song went out. I didn't bother watching it. I instead had more dessert and had a laugh and a drink and had a lovely Merry Christmas. <laughs> then all the reports of Series 10's filming were going around early in uh, summer of last year and they kept talking about how Nardol, Matt Lucas' character, was going to be in the show. Oh. So I told Curiosity, good impression, I told Curiosity in context, I took out my Series 9 box set, which was given to me as a gift by a lovely friend of ours. And I smashed it with a hammer. Yeah, no, I put on the Husband's Row song. I went, right, let's watch it, let's see who this character is, and let's get the gist. The what? The gist. It's like a gist, but uh, I thought I'd give it the gift treatment. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Um, Matt, I'd never seen Husband's Row song. Nope. Matt, for the purpose of people at home, who are already chuckling into their Wheaties... (laughs) <laughs> Could you explain to us the plot of the Husbands of River Song? Right. <laughs> so, the Doctor's on this planet that still celebrates Christmas two and a half thousand years into the future. And um, a live-action Paddington bear <laughs> knocks on the door of the TARDIS <clears throat> and asks him if he's the surgeon. And the Doctor's confused, so he's like, oh yeah, I'm the surgeon, I'll come with you. So, I'm sort of the surgeon, I'm the Doctor. <laughs> so he... Follows into this crashed spaceship and River Song's there. And she's like, you need to come save my husband. And he's like, what? And she doesn't recognise him as the Doctor. <laughs> or her husband for that matter. Yeah. Um, so, turns out that she's married to the King. It seems like they interchangeably use King Hydroflax and King of Hydroflax. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Uh, so, he's basically a big robot man with Greg Wass's name. Um... What's his name? Greg Davis. Greg Davis. Yeah. Greg Davis is heading it. Another guest star wasted, I would say. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> also, but they could have just put Greg Davis in the suit because he is that tall, actually. In the yeah, room. he's a freaking um, yeah. Uh, so, turns out that she's—it's all a scam, and she, there's a diamond in his head that she wants to steal back for someone and sell. Um, so she wants to take his head off and, and get the get the diamond. The doctor doesn't want her to murder people, but then. Oh, this is really weird. So, <laughs> she gets found out, and they have to run off, but then he takes his head off, because apparently he can do that, and then... Well, he demonstrates to them, I can already do it! Yeah, I've already only got a head. Thus allowing them to just grab his head and, and run off with it. Big robot body. Um, So, they, they grab his head. Oh, God. That's such, so exciting. Um, <laughs> they grab his head, run off with it, and they get chased by his robot body which has got its own onboard CPU but keeps grabbing other people's heads 
fucked. And it's also it's also unclear as to how much of control is in the robot and how much control is in Greg Davis. Um, <clears throat> and it's a hijinks adventure which finds them on a ship of murderers and uh, auctioning off, trying to auction off Hydroflax's <clears throat> head. <clears throat> and uh, these are actual things that happen that yeah. you're saying out loud. Yeah, and it ends with like a sort of what feels like it should be a bow tie on the whole River Song storyline, but <laughs> at the end of a story that was a Christmas special that the family are meant to sit down. We've already watch. had about six bow ties on the River Song storyline, and he keeps yeah. on tying them and putting another present in the pile. So <laughs> just stop. I don't want any more books, Stephen. I've already got all the books I can have in that pile, so give me books for Christmas. I want some socks. Um, <laughs> adulting! Adulting! Well, give me shit books. I just want a pair of underpants. It's going to last me more than three weeks. <laughs> that's um, a great description. <laughs> so yeah, that's the Husbands of River Song. Do you feel like you wasted your time? Not entirely, because I was drinking. Good point. And I, and I was hanging out with you. Oh, baby cakes. So that was fun. You make me feel like dancing. But it was not a good bit of TV. No, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. Really it really wasn't. Um, um, <clears throat> it's tonally inconsistent. Yeah. It's plots all over the place. It's scripts terrible. <laughs> Nearly all attempts at humour fail to land completely. Um, Capaldi's performance kind of saves some of it, but yeah. not enough. Does his um, doctor save it? At no, all? no, not at all. Uh, but Capaldi's delivery, like I've yeah, Capaldi's, Capaldi's delivery. Uh, the the final set section, the last uh, scene with um, him and River on the planet with the singing towers, the name of which planet I can't remember, is actually really sweet. Uh, it's the singing towers of Derillium. Derillium, Derillium, yeah. that's it. Um, yeah, that's that's quite nice. But again, it's just so totally inconsistent with the rest of. <clears throat> with the rest of the episode and um, it just doesn't feel like a Christmas special apart from the fact that the start of it is set in a town at Christmas which has no bearing on the plot whatsoever no and if you're going to make it a Christmassy Christmas special <laughs> give it some kind of Christmas feel this Christmas on BBC One this Christmas on the BBC Doctor One. travels to a planet covered in snow and then into his own TARDIS that's covered in snow and then to a meeting at a big lunch hall of luxury hotel where a bunch of murderers, arsonists, rapists, pillagers, thieves and serial killers are all going to hang out. But then it turns out that none of them are because they're all part of another scheme that was River, the people who River was giving the diamond to turn out to be Hydroflax. Worshippers. Uh, so, then, and they're 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 taking the diamond in his honor. But it's like, aren't you cashing the diamond in? They don't at any point establish. I don't think I don't remember at any point them establishing the diamond was like a powerful artifact or anything. It was no, more a case of it's just very valuable. Yeah, so they're so they're getting it because they want to worship the king. But I will I will give it this the one the one part of the episode that I genuinely think is. Very well done. Like, if you just randomly watch this bit on TV, um, is from them sitting down at the table to begin the negotiation. <clears throat> yeah. T- 
to them dropping through the floor after they've been found out and she finds out who he really is. Yeah. There's that, some... that, that five or ten minutes is pretty solid. There's some really good back and forth. Because the tension's really... played really well for yeah. both of the mysteries. The whole, oh God, the thing we're about to give them is probably going to enrage them and, oh shit, what have we done? And then the whole, like, he's not here and it's like, he's right next to you. Like, her speech of there is a bit weird, but then she kind of excuses it by saying, yeah, I was literally stalling for time. I was stalling for two or three minutes. But you were nowhere. No. You don't love a sunset and expect it to love you back. Great dialogue. Could have been used somewhere else. Yeah, anywhere else. Um, yeah, I just... Mm. Can Christmas... Can it, can it legally... I know it legally can. Can, mm. it, can it morally be allowed to be called a Christmas special if it's not set? completely here at Christmas. Well, here's the thing. <coughs> it would be odd if every year there was an episode that was cri- bathed in Christmas. But it's the Christmas special. Exactly. But the Russell T. Davis era... Oh, it's such a The Russell T. Davis era gets around that much better by having Christmas be the setting for the stories, not the driving force. But it is there. It's present. You can watch Christmas Invasion any time of year. And the only overly Christmas thing in it, aside from it being set at Christmas... Is the Santa robots and the the killer Christmas tree? It's pretty good. It's pretty great. I do like the killer Christmas tree. Runaway Bride, the Santa robots. Yeah, I like the Santa robots. And a killer Christmas tree. I like a killer Christmas tree. Me, I do love a killer Christmas tree. Voyage of the Damned. They pop to Earth on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole episode feels kind of festive and wondrous till it turns into Poseidon Adventure. Their tourists going to Earth for Christmas. Yeah. So there's the Christmas element. Next Doctor, set at Christmas, but we're more bathed in the fact that it's clearly sort of Victorian winter and everything, yeah, and that's, yeah. the, that's the draw of it. It's, it's almost Christmas a, only really plays into it at the end when he invites him to Christmas dinner. It's almost a hint of the Victorian era Christmas <coughs> special that I fantasised about recently. Dirty bastard. Um, an end of time sort of is excused a bit. Like, it's set at Christmas, and it gave, us, it gave birth to one of the greatest gifts to ever grace the internet. Take those off. No, I shan't. It's Christmas. Um, <laughs> but the Moffat Christmas specials sort of like make a point of going, look, it's Christmas in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And then it's superfluous. And that's fine because it sort of sounds like a bit, my point sounds a bit weird. It's like I'm saying, I don't want it to be about Christmas, but it has to be about Christmas. What I'm saying is there is a way to tell the story, set it at Christmas and make it so that the family sat there on Christmas Day feel like they've watched some something Christmassy. It's an even more tenuous Christmas Whereas in this, it's like... Oh, we'll get that. In this, it feels like you're being dick-slapped by Christmas in the first five minutes. And then, right, move on. It's like... Oh, almost like they got, didn't almost, even get to finish! It feels like they're going, check! Okay, can we move on now? We've mentioned like, Christmas, mm. now we can go. Mm. They don't come back to the, it anymore. I suppose the exception in the, in the Capaldi, Capaldi Christmas specials is Last Christmas, because Father Christmas is a character. But the story's not particularly Christmassy, apart from the apart from the, the closing sort of five minutes. And also, there's that one... <clears throat> there's, that, there's that shot of, of, of Nardole and the Doctor on the streets, and there's just that one woman in the background with a bunch of presents who looks like she's listening to their conversation. Oh, just the window shopping. <laughs> the one with the window yeah. shopping extra, and you see only other person in this shot is really weirdly framed um, that as well <laughs> also in like modern clothing it's like what's going everyone's on? in modern clothing despite the caption saying it's 5,300 and something Billy on an earth colony planet that apparently looks like a small town UK well according to Nardole the fashion's Paddington Bear 
Yeah, apparently so. That's the look that everyone's going for. In that That's year. the look. That's the look. The look of love. The look of Nardo. Now, interesting perspective. You've seen Doctor Mysterio. I have. Before you saw Husbands of Song. I have. So you met Nardole already. I did. Were you expecting Nardole's story to play out the way it did in Husbands? No. Did, the way the way the way that um, Doctor Mysterio uses him, you almost expect that Husbands must have clearly ended with him going with him in the TARDIS or something, or or like the Doctor sort of being getting to know him really well in Husbands. That or would be the implication. Yeah. However. What thought you? What thoughts be of you? Thinking be thoughts, Nardol. Um, <laughs> I can see the cogs in your brain going. No, there is no way to make this work logically. No, uh, say it from the heart. <laughs> my creed quay in this uh, in this situation. Oh, I love German. Goes. <laughs> <laughs> You bastard! Um, I don't know what they were going for with that character because none of it's funny. No, well, I think that seems to be a problem with husbands in general. And having there's seen... only a couple of good actual funny moments out of about twenty that they tried to give you. Having seen Doctor <laughs> Mysterio first, it wasn't until I watched Husbands that I really appreciated like how different the characterizations are. Mm. It doesn't feel like the same character at all when you watch Doctor Mysterio, um, which I'm sure we'll touch on more when you talk about your impressions of yeah. the return of Doctor Mysterio. Um, but I, there's no, I just to, to be fair, I feel like there's a lot of linking tissue between the two. Like Doctor Mysterio is almost a sequel in some ways to. Husbands of River Song. And yeah, the it, it was interesting act. watching them back to back. Yeah, because it was like, oh, these are clearly a, this is clearly a sequel to the previous one. Yeah. Um, do you think that was an odd choice in terms of going out on television over Christmas and everything? Yeah, really and there being no choice. series this year for the the, the the first episode in a year to be a direct sequel to the previous one. Yeah, yeah I feel like Doctor Mysterio <laughs> should have been the opening two parter of season ten, <laughs> which should have started <clears throat> the year after. Husband of a song went mm. out instead of being delayed on a year because <clears throat> Moffat's got his fingers in too many plates. Well, same villains, same villains as well. Yeah, um, yeah. the Harmony Show. <clears throat> I mean, the first part seemed to be people with compartments in their heads who hiss and sort of talk like religious fanatics, and then do none of that in Doctor Mysterio, in Doctor Mysterio at all. But they have got weird in a story. In a story set in um, a story set in present day, yeah. So this is thousands of years before the events of Husbands of River Song. Not every fucking species in this show has time travel, despite what some writers and episodes seem to assume. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> fair, they don't recognise him. No, which is fair, but at the same time, like it could be we're seeing the species at a different time. But then the species is clearly undefined. In Husbands of River Song, they're sort of evil people who hiss and they can open their heads and store things in their heads. Apparently so. In Return of Dr. Mysterio, they're sentient brains that get put in hosts whose heads are split open to host the brain 
And yet there's no brain when they open the heads. Because it's just a compartment and blue goo. Let's talk about more about Mi- Dr. Mysterio, because we've started touching mm. on the links between the two, and I want to get your take <laughs> on Dr. Mysterio before we tear into it. <laughs> so the return of Dr. Mysterio sees a young boy bitten by a radioactive Malcolm Tucker. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately Malcolm that day was not even on his A game his B game or indeed his C game yeah. and the child becomes out as a bland uh, mutation uh, basically Doctor's building a thing I can't even remember what the device was for it's a trap for something that we don't see or is even described yeah um, but it involves using a dwarf star diamond thing which we've seen before in the show but this one's apparently completely different yeah uh that can grant your innermost desires so when this kid accidentally swallows it thinking it's a pill it means he's got superpowers for reasons cut forward is it 24 years no hang on 20 some yeah no because it's 24 years since he last since he first met thingy in school yeah. So about 24 years, the kid in the thing's about seven months. So basically, like, this kid's now in his 30s. 30 years or so, yeah. And his high school crush is his employer because he works full-time as a nanny to her, uh, for her looking after her baby. Yeah. Do they ever determine, is the baby a boy or a girl? Do we learn their name? It's a girl. She's called Jennifer. Okay, just checking. I couldn't recall if they'd ever mentioned it. Um, it doesn't matter. Several times the baby's le- several times the baby is left unattended. I don't care if your superhero can get there in the speed of light. Um, but yeah, irresponsibility. The doctor's back in New York investigating a company called Harmony Shoal, and it turns out Harmony Shoal are and there's an investigator called Lucy as well. He's looking into it. Mm-hmm. it turns out Harmony Shoal are housing a program. Like, I don't think they ever say what their company is. It's about scientific stuff. It's a scientific research company of some flavour. But we never really, like, this is what I mean about building shit. Like, you need to see a sequence of what their company does <laughs> as far as the public are concerned. You need to see, like, the shop floor. Because not everyone at that company is evil. As far as the public like, is concerned. Like, it only seems to be the, like, two guys at the top who are evil. As far as the public is concerned, they build massive buildings in capital cities <clears throat> and New York. And mm. do science stuff, but we don't know what. Nope. Um, because who cares about world building? Look at this man in a superhero outfit. Yo, fuck world building. Dr. Lucy Stephen Moffat, Fletcher. 2016. <coughs> and um, Nardole. Nardole. Now reattached to his body. With, which we get a throwaway explanation of, but no reason. It's really like, oh, easy you reattach me. Is you wanting a friend? You're going to be lonely. Because you're afraid you'll be lonely. It's like, what? What? No. What are you talking about now? <clears throat> he needs a friend. Why doesn't he go and visit one of his many pre-established friends? He's got loads of friends. He's got loads of mates. <laughs> but um, they're investigating the company because some dodgy's happening. They find there's a lot of brains in there and that the brains are being forcibly put into the heads of influential people. Or well, they least... can't be being put in the heads because there's nothing yeah, well, in the heads when they open yeah. But like, they go into the head. The head... Well, that's the thing. This guy was the head of the company. Yeah. So he had a research thing going on with, like, his right-hand man or whatever, who was an alien, and he didn't know he was an alien, but somehow he knew they were doing something with brains, and then he forcibly gets his brain put in a jar, and... What? Don't. <laughs> like... Don't. 
Don't even. He's unfazed when he goes into the room of brains. You think he'd be surprised, right? Well, he knows they're there. Yeah, but why? What for? Because we never find out what the company does on the surface. No, they're like it's so stupid. So the CEO is is clearly in on some um, brain harvest with the brains, but then doesn't actually know what they're really for. But he must th- he must know that they're or think that they're for something. But we never really find out what. So. The brains are gonna. You know, their plan is they've done on countless worlds, apparently, because, you know, we can't have an alien race that haven't done things on countless worlds before. Yeah. Um, they find out that. Uh, the doctor mentions that these people take over influential places and influential people, and then eventually plot the planet into uh, sort of a state of complacency so they can colonise that world and put brains in everybody. Mm-hmm. Which means that there's a lot of sentient brains somewhere that are looking for bodies. Uh, Right, okay, fine. What happens when they take over? They're in bodies. Okay, but aren't they alive anyway in the glass? Cool, wouldn't they have developed another... Whatever. World building's for chumps. They're like the Krang, but they don't... God, I wish. But they don't... I wish they were like the Krang. They don't ride around in robot bodies, they ride around in people. Maybe that's where they are. Maybe they are... Well, no, they must be... And do what? They must be in the head. Because they split the head open to put them in there. And they, must, they must be in the head, though, because when, cause when they... they <coughs> you find out the, the right-hand guy, man, yeah, his brain his is brain. in a jar. <laughs> like, at the beginning, he's just like, that one, oh, that's him. He's left, basically implying, the guy whose body you're looking at, that's his brain in that yeah. jar. Which means that you take the brain out and put a brain in. And yet but, they open the head and there's no brain in the head. And then, and then again, oh my God, I at hate the end of the episode, when, they find his, when he find his body and he's left it, there's yeah. no eyes. Yeah. He's, he's got an empty head. And you find out that that's in some unit soldier. How they did it so quickly when they seemed to need surgeons for it before, I've no yeah. idea. Yes. But, and how no one at any point in any of this story ever looks at somebody who they've known for years and go, hang on, you've got a big scar Why on your head. Why have you seen all scar diagonally beset to your face? God, I hate it. Yeah. Um, but don't worry, there's a superhero who's also protecting them for some reason called the Ghost. And the Ghost is... But it was a ghost! The ghost is awful. Um, <laughs> the ghost is grown-up Grant, who basically... Played by the star of Dragon Ball Evolution, Justin oh, Chapman. Oh, yeah. Now, to his credit, I think when he's Grant, he's pretty great. He's charming. He's, right, he's yeah. sort of, he's, you know, he's, he's a Clark Kenty kind of character. He's not, you know. Um, but when he's the ghost, he's sort of laughable. And I think a lot of that isn't necessarily his performance. Although there are bits where I went... Okay, bit too far with the parody here. Because yeah. um, <clears throat> <clears throat> let's face it, if you want to get realistic, oh, a comic book nerd grows up to be a superhero. That comic book nerd wouldn't do the stereotype version of the comic book tropes. But wouldn't would they? they? Would they? Would Come they? on. Come on. We wouldn't. No. But we're genre savvy. Yeah, and so was his character, apparently. Blech. Oh my god, I just realised something. 24 years, roughly. Blech. Or at least 20 years have passed between when he got when he swallowed the diamond, yeah? And and the story in present day. A lot of the posters and graphics on his wall were from the late 90s. Like, the, the Hulk stuff and the Spider-Man stuff in particular. So it's set in 2021? 20... <clears throat> 2022? Maybe. Near future? Maybe, but the comic book he was reading was clearly an older issue of Superman. Like, we're talking... Yeah, that's because people... It looked looked kind of like early John Burns, the 70s. That's because people who don't read comic books, like... But also it looked like it was from the 70s and had aged like it naturally would. So it wasn't a new um... comic book, even though it was meant to be in that moment. Well, maybe... Um, Was it meant to be a new comic book, though? Yep. Because when you saw his comic book in present day, it was like a current era one, implying that he reads them religiously as they come out. 
That was his nighttime reading. New comic book. Let's read it. Why I, mean, I could it... be wrong. I could be making a snap judgment, but it just it just he seemed really have an odd. In comicsology, then really, if he's reading new stuff as it comes out. Well, there you go. Because only fools. Buy hey, but did you know that Clark Kent and Superman are one and the same? Cla- his even... costume is a, his costume's abysmal for two reasons. I think I'd be fine with it if it weren't for the fact that he's apparently bulletproof. So why has he got armor on? Like, go for a bit more Lois and Clark cheese. If you're going to do the cheese, go all out on the cheese. If you're going to be a Superman expert, <clears throat> have a costume that looks like a Superman expert. Yeah. Not not Batman. Yeah. With a Kyle... Um, Kyle Rayner style, Rayner style mask. Green Lantern mask that the just worst. makes his face look rounder than it actually is. Kyle Rayner, the worst Green Lantern. <laughs> Kyle Rayner, the worst Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, so... Um, Kyle Rayner. Yes, yes. The, the worst, worst Green, Green Lantern. Lantern. At least he's not Guy Gardner being punched out by Batman. Guy Gardner. The, the best Green Lantern. Green Lantern. <laughs> How dare you. Justice League Animated Series John Stewart is the best Green Lantern. Guy Gardner. <laughs> the second best Green Lantern. Followed by no one because Hal Jordan's nowhere near as interesting as you think he is. Nope. Um, but yeah. Do you know that DC <laughs> are going after Ryan Reynolds again for Hal Jordan? No, stupid idea. Why would they do that? Why? They were after Ryan Reynolds and Tom Cruise and most of those on their shoulders. But that's another topic. They want Ryan Reynolds because they want that Deadpool money and not realising that the Deadpool worked because it wasn't by committee. You should be casting a black actor for John Stewart. Anyway, back to Doctor Mysterio. Hee hee! I just did a poop. Oh, nice. Um, So, yes, the ghost. His His quiff is ridiculously huge. His mask is stupid. He's got a weirdly complex logo on his chest. It's like grated metal carved into different shapes in the G and it's like why? Just wear a freaking cloth outfit. Go full cheese. If you you go cheese, are go bulletproof. Cheese. Yeah and comparably shatter nuclear blast proof windows by clicking his fingers. How you don't you don't target that. You don't channel clicking your fingers. Surely if clicking his fingers was enough to shatter that glass it'd be enough to break the bones of the three people on the other side of it. Yeah probably. Oh <coughs> god. It's just ugh. It's but almost anyway. like no thought's been put into this. Yeah. Well, turns out Grant wants to get with Lucy, and Lucy wants to get with Grant, but neither of them have told each other. With Lucy. Meanwhile, the Doctor investigates the brain's plan, which he explains the plan in the second scene with him in any way, so he doesn't need to investigate shit, really. He just needs to pull the power or something. Mm. Nardole is Nardole, and Nardole is fine, I guess, in this story. Like, he's alright. He's an interesting counterpoint to the Doctor. Because he's actually sort of calling him out on his shit. But mm. the shit he's calling him out on is Missing River Song. Um, Haven't you been Missing River Song for hundreds of years at this point? <clears throat> the Eleventh Doctor said goodbye to her definitively, unquote, uh, in uh, The Name of the Doctor, when he said goodbye to her data ghost. Don't even get me started. And then the Eleventh Doctor lived another few hundred years. Like, time of the Doctor alone, like, he lives for about 500 years on Trenzalore. So, why mourn her now? Like, you're a time traveller. You've seen her last day. You're probably going to see her again, because it's Moffat's last series this year, and you know he won't be able to resist. Oh, like, it's just... Oh, for Pete's sake. Um, oh, just... God. I'll say this. I will. I will now list things because I don't think it was dreadful. I just think it was kind of insulting, and I don't mean to superhero fans. We're not talking Big Bang Theory here. I mean like, oh god, no, no, it's nothing. It's not not nothing that bad. It, it it's insulting. I think to viewers of the show, in a way, 
If you liked it, great. I wish I shared your enthusiasm. I really do. Uh, you're not wrong to like it. Um, but it just sort of feels like they're going, superhero films are popular, let's do that. You'll like that then, right? Yeah. Oh, look, he's a baddie from last year. You'll like them, right? The casual viewers, welcome to a Christmas special. I mean, Christmas doesn't really have anything to do with it beyond the intro. Uh, and, again, and also, uh, we're going to drop in a load of things that you have to have been watching devoutly the last couple of years to understand. Hmm. It's just odd. It's just really, really, really odd. I mean, at least Husbands of River Song, <coughs> like, you go into it, even if you've never seen one before, you could go, oh, he knows her, but she's not met this version of him. Okay, kind of get that. You'd be a bit lost at the whole him getting jealous of the husband thing. Because um, they never clarify that once in the whole episode. But that's fair enough, whatever. Yeah. And then the singing Towers of Derillium is the last five minutes. So the head continuity heavy bit is separate. It's like an epilogue. In this one, there's it's lots so... of continuity laced in it. Specifically referencing the last episode. Yeah, because, they, because a couple of times they mentioned the tw- 24 becomes this arc number. So every time he hears 24, he gets all trembly. Because that's how many years he had with... Um... River on Cerulean. It's wanky, wanky. It's, wanky. A, bit, it's a bit like Martha in, B, in Batman vs Superman. Oh, Christ. Batman is Martha. Why did you say over. that number? 24 minutes left in the oven. Why did you say that number? It's how long the pizza has left. Why did you say that number? Um, uh, I like the interrogation scene at the dining room table. With the uh, squeezy... Thing. Yeah, I mean, that was a bit weird. It feels like it belongs in a different program. I don't know, I quite liked it. It's charming, but... Um, like, it's like it, it showed that she's not a horrible person. She's, like, literally faking torture with a squeezy toy. It's got more... To appear like... tougher than... Like, she is tough, but, like, that's her version of, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And it's kind of funny, because, obviously, it's not... It's ridiculous, because it's like, oh, she's squeezing it. Oh, no, don't hurt it. Well, obviously, she's not hurting it. It's a squeezy toy. But the more you hear it, the more annoying it is. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's, 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 so of course he wants to stop her squeezing it. Like, it's a really funny sequence, but I just, I almost feel like it belonged in a sitcom. Like, if Moffat had put that in a sitcom, well, I would he have adored do sitcoms, it. Does Moffat, he did do sitcoms. Did. Yeah, that's the thing. Did. Um, um, I, you know, I'd like to hear, uh, some of these jokes in the second one we watched particularly appear in a different program. Mm. I think I'd like them a lot more. I think, Doctor Mysterio has a bit more has another sense of fun to it yeah but but I wonder whether or not it's the story or whether or not it's the fact we all come into it going oh this reminds me of X and Y and Z like this reminds me it's very Reeves Superman in terms of its basic premise this alien it's very very it's very oh (laughs) it's very Raimi Spider-Man in terms of some of the things there's there's a couple of explicit Spider-Man references and one really nice subtle one as well Um, they live above Joe's Pizza from Spider-Man 2 Um, but yeah oh god that so basically their plan is they're going to nuke New York and then all the world leaders will go oh their building was safe we'll go hide in the other Harmony Shoal buildings while we come up with a plan yeah and then what's going to happen is they're going to be forced into surgery. It's just a bit thinking, but the idea is we're going to create a distraction. We're going to look alien invasion, a big alien spaceship crash landed in New York. And while everyone's paying attention to that, they're going to cut open the heads of and replace politicians. So the Slitheen the then. Yeah, though he even says it, doesn't he? Yeah. 
No, he said that in Husbands, wasn't it? No, 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 no it's, it's, in, in, it's, in, it's in Mysterio, yeah. yeah. He says, like, put zips on their heads. And it's like... So, Moffat knowingly references that he's stolen the plot of another story. Yeah. Again, though! Yeah. Again! What the hell? Yeah. Um... Oh, I've, lost a, I've got a list of shout-outs and references to superhero things in this one. Hit me, let's see which so, one. Let's see, let's see which one's made us as lovers of this culture cringe or go, alright, fair play. I didn't catch this one. The, the gemstone that gives Grant its powers is said to use power from the nearest star. Yeah, I got that. Superman, I, the I, old I, son. I, Yeah, but then I thought, well, you could do an interesting idea with that. You could have it so that you could have a race against the clock. You could have that star burn out by the end of the story and mm. you could have had more of an action set piece. But I think a lot of it was budgetary reasons. Yeah, These two so. episodes, I think River, I think Husbands might have had a slightly bigger budget Maybe. in terms of at least the locations. Because there was a few more locations in there. There were lots of sets, but... And there's a lot more makeup. Yeah, in Husbands. Whereas yeah. in, in Mysterio, it was lobby, um, corridor and lab, TARDIS, apartment. Mm. Uh, do you know what I mean? It was just sort of like, mm. oh. Like it seemed really small and cheap. And some of the outdoor <gasps> stuff looked really setty. You know, one of the reviews the online... The stuff looked really setty. Yeah, one of the reviews online said that, like, it's effects that could give, um, like, sort of the DC TV shows um, room for their money. It's like, no, no, a thousand times no. no. Those shows have a small budget and look big. They look grand. Yeah. And they have repeated sets too, you know, like, oh, look, we're back in the West household. Oh, look, we're in Star Labs again doesn't feel like you're confined to what they've got, ever. feels big. Hmm. Um, and obviously, like, Billy Open 5 Who fans took the piss and joked about how, like, it could <laughs> give Marvel a run for their money in, in his review video of it. But, like, it's just like... No, no, it couldn't. Oh, my God, it's mental. Um, sorry, but, yeah, no, I, I kind of got that. I thought you could have done a race against the clock, sort of, like... Because yeah. yeah. the ghost wasn't really actively involved in the saving of the day, other than holding the spaceship up. It's like, no, I was like... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to crash a spaceship on you, so maybe stop it from hitting the ground. That'd be grand. Thank you. Also, if you could leave a baby unattended. That'd be great. Um, the Harmony Shaw building has the globe with the company's name wrapped around it, like the Daily Planet. Yep, that was that kind of on. pointless, really, because uh, Harmony Shaw, we didn't know anything enough about the company. Like We know they're around the world, but like, what's their thing? Is it about geography? Is it? They're just called Harmony Shaw. Uh, Harmony... Yeah. Oh, my God. What? Harmony Shoal. River Song. Fuck off. Melody Pond. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Don't. Why? Hope, hope that he doesn't come back to it. Just hope it. No, they'll back go back to, to it. it. Just leave it they'll alone. They'll go back to it. At the end of the <coughs> press conference, Mr. Brock tells the audience that Ms. Siegel and Ms. Schuster will take care of any further questions. Yeah, I that's got that. That was a nice one. Um, that's, see, that's, how you, that's how you do yeah, it. Yeah. That's how you do it. Uh, Grant described himself as mild-mannered, like Clark Kent. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I think, again, his delivery made that work. As Grant, he was more enjoyable to watch than as the ghost. This is a, this is a weird <laughs> one. This is trying to posit that Nardo looks like Lex Luthor. No, no that's he's, he's not a reference. He looks like uh, Paddington Bear. Yeah. With the head of Georgie Dawes. Um, <laughs> I love you, baked potato! The Doctor sends loose a bunch of Pokemon to keep the employees of Harmony Shoals Tokyo branch occupied. Which is a joke that had already aged by the transmission of this episode. And not only that, and I point this out when we're watching it, no one's holding their phones. Nope. So why would they not? And I'll tell you why. That'll be because the BBC will, will have gone like, no, you can't do that because then we're advertising an app. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like we're encouraging people to use the app. And it's like, oh. But then it means the joke doesn't work. It's just... Ah. Uh, the... You're going to set the fire alarm off or something. 
Also, it was so painfully obviously the same building. They didn't redress it enough or light it differently they're enough to make same. you go... They're all identical buildings. Why? <laughs> like, why? Okay. The Doctor reminds Grant that with great power comes great responsibility. I was kind of fine with that because he was using the stuff he knows already yeah. to kind of prove a point. Uh, this young Grant's room has got all the posters and stuff. Yeah, the freaking um, Avengers and Thor wallpaper. Yeah, which I want some of that. I, I also love that you pointed this out when we were watching it. You went, the amount of money they must have spent on clearance. To use all yeah, these images. Yeah, yeah. Especially obviously Superman gets like a massive close-up of a freaking comic book. Especially considering that Logan can't use actual Marvel comics. Yeah. They have to get special ones drawn. Is it, is it Mike Aldridge who's drawn them? Because uh, it's, a, a, bit it's, like his it's a bunch of different um, period x I do like the fact that when you see the, 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 the outfit in it, it's the outfit from... The end scene of yeah, the Wolverine, yeah. yeah, which is quite nice. So it means, oh, he did use that at some point. Okay, fair enough. Oh, did he? Yes. Um, <laughs> what do you prefer, yellow spandex? Pa- in about twenty years' time, <laughs> apparently, the comic that the Doctor reads is one of the um, the John Byrne eighties Man of Steel. I thought comics. it was John Byrne. Yeah. Um, Doctor claims that Grant is left-handed, which is a reference to Inigo Montoya. Really? I mean, also, that's not a superhero reference. Princess Bride. Yeah. It's a Princess mm. Bride reference. Can I just point something out? Actually, I just realised. What? He's going, I've figured it out. Look at them. Look at Superman. Look at Clark Kent. They're one and the same. Well, he knows who the characters are, which means at some point he's read Superman, which means he knows that Clark Kent and Superman are the same. Yeah. Is the Doctor a moron now? Yes. Oh, okay. Um... He bit by a radioactive spider. Do you know what happened? He got radiation poisoning. Oh, is that a Planet of the Spiders reference? No. Um, no. no, he became a superhero. Oh, yeah, I suppose superpower losing your hair. I think it's superpowers would be terrible. It's like, no, it's not even a... I mean, you could have directly made a Planet of the Spiders no. reference there and we all would have gone, yay. Yay, but no. Spiders um, and radiation, never a good mix. Boom! Done. Done. Ghost's Done. mask looks like the one worn by Kyle Rayner. <laughs> the worst Green Lantern. Yes, um, and the worst mask. If you'd had a domino mask, I would have appreciated it. A domino mask and a, not a massive quiff, I would have appreciated it look a lot more. Apparently staging again and an attack on New York is a reference to Watchmen. Yeah. To scare the rest of the world into... Uh, yeah, but New York's like it, New York's in too much stuff that I don't think it's... It doesn't seem like a direct Watchmen. Like, I wouldn't have made the Watchmen connection immediately. I would have thought of just any other bloody would be an alien threat, though, specifically, though. I guess that makes sense. Um... Grant spinning to change into his costume is a Wonder Woman bit. Yes, yeah. Well, it's sort of Superman. Yeah, it was Linda Carter. Dum 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 dum. The ghost <laughs> is shit. And you could also draw um, a kick-ass reference from the fact that Lucy mis- mistakes him for being gay. Really? That's a very tenuous one, though. It was an odd one. She was like, you've got to be going around town. Some people think, you know, you're going around town, big G on your chest, wearing black leather. It's like, I, I mean, the character then says, like, it's a bit of a stereotype, isn't it? But it's like, yeah, you still put it in your script. Yeah. So, yeah. Huh. And her character didn't seem to be kind of that sort of offensive, really, either. I'm so looking at that costume and going, that is ugly. I know it sounds weird. Put a bigger actor in it. I don't mean like in terms of star power. I mean like a bigger, bulkier guy. Yeah. And you might pull it off because he'd look intimidating. Plus, again, different domino mask, not Carl Rayner mask. And don't give him a giant quiff and it might work. But Yeah, maybe. It's just... Because uh, it's like, you know, because superheroes have quiffs, don't they? No. 
Which superhero's got a big quiff? Uh, in Marvel or DC? Uh, um, um, uh, <laughs> uh, so, in conclusion... Um, um, I think Mysterio is better than Husband's Rumor Song. I agree. Because I think it has more of a sense of form <clears> of more <throat> of a human land <clears throat> than... Um, then Husband River Song, a lot of Husband River Song, the humour just falls completely flat. And um, it's it's not great. It's just not, it's just not fun. I think it's both, not any good. I think both of them automatically join Doctor Widow in the Wardrobe and Last Christmas in my never gonna watch these again. Yeah. Because they bore me, Doctor Who episodes yeah. um, pile. Um, and it just makes me want to rewatch Christmas Invasion, which is still the best one. Yeah, and always will be the best one. Yeah, um, or the Feast of Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could watch the Feast. Nardol turns. Nardol turns around with a baby bottle, looks directly into camera, and goes, "And a very merry Christmas <laughs> to you at home." <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't hate Nardol after watching. Return well, they retool re- his character completely. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that he can pilot the TARDIS. I do not like that. It's very strange. It, like this is the what second, third, ca- third. This is the third character I think that is that Moffat's given this ability. Which, he loves it. He which loves... lowers lowers the Doctor's sort of uniqueness as well. Because um, River Song can do it, but. I, Kind of get that actually. Born of the TARDIS, there's kind of a connection. Obviously, it means that it will be a little more encouraging to her. I've got to hate hate husbands. I hate hate the fact she apparently randomly steals it often. Yeah, it's like fuck off. Um, Who never notices before, sweetie. Um, uh, And also, I think Tasha Lem steered the TARDIS. Taking Clara back to see see him, um, something like that. I think so. Um, I just yeah. But I I I will say this: having watched Return, I'm interested to see how Nardole fits in with Series Ten. Does he serve chips? I am looking forward to him more than Bill. Uh, Sorry, as Bill. As Bill. Um, I know she seems okay. She seems like everything we've seen. Already, plus they introduced her with her asking annoying questions. Yeah, and and gags that don't work again. Like mm. they tried a gag, it doesn't work. Yes, it, um, yes, it looks like a kitchen. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't look like a kitchen. It's nothing like a kitchen. It's kidneys all over again. Kidneys. I've got new kidneys. I don't like the color. Really? Um, but yeah, whatever's Trevs. Um. I think that's a perfect segue to lead into more drink. I mean, emails. I don't think I've got the energy, Christopher. You must, Matthew. Okay. <laughs> second win. So says the cat sat on my lap for Ooh. the second podcast in a row. Oh, right. Okay, emails. Oh, hello. Hello, Dolikin. We're going to catch up. His little face. You guys I'm are all sat there going, why are they quiet? It's because there's an adorable little kitty on my lap with her eyes closed. All right, we got a um, couple from uh, <laughs> Belgium. They've come all the way here to join us on the podcast. Hello, hey, got Jacob. Jacob, we did email them last week, um, but we didn't get to you. But we're gonna get into you now. 
Bye, Jingo. Lucky you. Um, he says, hello, Chris and Matt. <clears throat> hello, welcome to the first YouTube um, uh, Big Damn Channel episode oh, of Big Damn Cast. You, you lucky, lucky, lucky boy. Mm-hmm. Um, we regret to inform you that your love, Beatrice, has sadly died in a terrible fire that destroyed your house and everything in it. Okay, <clears throat> and after that very strange and obvious uh, recent to Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events, <laughs> the Netflix series is so good it is definitely my second favourite after Dirk Gently. It's so good it encapsulates uh, <laughs> encapsulates Snicket's unitard in the best way television can. My favourite episode is probably either The Reptile Room and A Bad Beginning to prove how much I liked it. I watched the the eight episodes in less than 12 hours. Jesus. I started watch the first episode at eight at night. Watched the first episodes, went to sleep, woke up, and then as soon as I woke up, I watched the last four. Interesting. Dedication. I like it. The only thing I didn't uh, particularly like about it is the fact that we thought their parents were still alive, but then it turns out to be the Quagmire's parents. I don't remember that being in the book. Uh, I seem to remember, I think it started in the seventh or eighth book, the children hear rumours about their dad being alive. I think you might be making that up. Spoiler alert, retroactively, everyone. <laughs> wow. Oh, snap. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, there's a beautiful red herring in the series that makes you think that the parents are alive. Thanks. And then you realise toward the end, oh, it's someone else's parents. Cheers, Jacob. Um, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, in conclusion of the very strange tangent, you, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Oh. Oh. Didn't know what I was walking into there. Oh. You'll forget about it. Yeah, I'll forget about it. Um, but will you? Yeah, you'll forget about it. <laughs> Drop a spoiler warning in there. It's fine. It's Netflix. The series has been on for two weeks. You're all caught up. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, or are you? I'm not. I've only watched the first one. Look away. Look away. There's nothing here but horror and inconvenience on the way. <laughs> I love your bank um, you hire NPH and of course he'll fucking sing of look course. away look away before I get on to Doctor Two questions I want to ask you what's the answer to life the unitard and everything um, 40 tway 40 tway is the life to is the answer to life the unitard and everything you're not you're asking the wrong you shouldn't be asking what the answer is you should be asking what the question is god damn um, yes okay Doctor Who questions what would you think of Netflix to the Paul McGann Netflix series we talk about this a lot we, we, we do, do. Um, I I mean yeah as long as the team who work on the main show don't write it I'm happy with it if you could have a five minute conversation with anybody from the whole unit out of BBC TV's Doctor Who who would it be character or like let's say actor actor let's sit down with the actor um, that'd be fun like have a, like, have a sit down yeah. like in the context of maybe we got to just put me in front of a microphone and go hey let's have a chat let's podcast with you Wagwan Peter Capaldi after he's finished and doesn't have to defend the show interesting uh, along those lines, I'm not just saying it's a fanboy, Chris Eccleston. Yeah. He's always interesting. Because I wouldn't be like, why'd you never come back? I'd be like, cool, so like, tell us about the process of making shows like this. What what were, what were the obstacles? Because he's done a lot of genre TV as well mm. since that. Yeah. With like, like, what um, were the obstacles? What what was it that no. put you off? We're not going to say, come back, or like, would you have, you know, where would you want the characters to go? But like, you know, just, I'm curious, mate. Yeah. Tell us. Also... Tell us some stories about tell us, acting. Tell us, a story. tell us acting stories. Tell us acting stories. Um, if you were the Doctor, you could pick two companions out of every single companion there has ever been, who would it be? Ooh, so we get to travel with Chums again. Chums. Chums. Uh, yeah, Ant and Deck and Cat Dealey from Chums. Um, Ant and Deck count as one being. Um, they do. I've seen them, I've seen them together. <clears throat> so I guess it'd be who, which companions would be the most fun to travel with. Um, good question. Sarah Jane. For definite, because that'd be lovely. And 
<sighs> Sarah Jane and Donna. Yeah, that'd be a fun. That'd be a fun like combination to yeah. go with. Yeah. How about you? Um, your handsome Swain. Don't Ace, just don't just say Adric and Turlo. Ace and Jamie. <gasps> oh, that would be fun, actually. Yeah. God damn it. However, however, you'd have to stop them committing violent acts on a regular basis. Exactly. <laughs> um, They'd be swapping Bowie knives. And <laughs> Ace would teach Jamie how to use explosives. Funnily enough, the next the next question, favourite Ace story. Ooh! Um, Fenric. Fenric. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unanimous. Uh, I quite like Ghostlight, though, as well. Ghostlight is fun. And, and survival, because Sophie gets a lot to do. They form a nice little trilogy. Intentionally, yeah, like they form a nice little trilogy. So, uh, yeah, but I think Fenrir's the best of the three. Yeah. Um, are you going to watch series ten? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I won't be in a rush to watch it. But we'll watch it if, if I'm not there as it's going out, or if I'm doing something else and I don't want to stop doing that other thing, I'll get around to it. <laughs> if that makes any sense, like if I'm playing a game and it's like, oh, Doctor Who's on now, <sighs> I'll just catch up later. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think here's, here's the thing. I think it's a double-edged sword. Because we're probably going to be in for a disappointment. Yeah, but I, we don't, I want, we don't want to dis- be disappointed. We're probably going to be in for a disappointment. We're probably not going to like it, but we also love the show, so we're too curious not to check it out. And also, we now have a pop culture podcast and yeah, YouTube channel. Yeah, so we should probably keep abreast of things. Um, because if we don't, the only people you're going to be listening to talking about this shit is some bland-voiced American drone sat in front of his desk listing off Easter eggs. So, you know. We will never talk about Doctor <sighs> Who Easter eggs. That's a lie. We probably will. I think that uh, the character of the Joker is going to appear in Wonder Woman because in this shot in Wonder Woman there's a deck of cards. And in every deck of cards is a Joker card, which means that the Joker is probably going to appear in Wonder Woman. Uh, the Joker also has been rumoured to be the main villain of Wonder Woman. Uh, Ares is an anagram of Stop. Joker. Stop. Before I kill you with my fists. Why are you hitting the brakes like it's an emergency? What I was saying was awesome. No! Um, oh, God. Millions uh, of views! What was your favourite thing about the fifth... I think that means 50th. Personally, for me, it would be an adventure in space and time. It makes me tear up every single time. Yeah, I think from that, I think in terms of the, con- of the content of we got, stuff, I think adventure in space and time is the best thing they did. Yeah, yeah, followed very closely by Night of the Doctor. Night of the Doctor was, was just pretty cool. great. It was just cool to see. Yeah, yeah actually, no, I'm going to say Night of the Doctor because I'd love seeing Paul McGann back as the Doctor. Um, but in terms of like the event itself, I think my fondest memory was watching Day of the Doctor because I was watching it at the XL in the big cinema screening room with like a few hundred people that's pretty good. and we were all just in this really kind of you know like jovial celebratory mood um, and a great time and it, it, there were audible noises which doesn't often happen <laughs> like when when War Doctor was about to regenerate you started to see Eccleston's eyes then it cut away everyone went ah. Um, when you saw Capaldi's eyes everyone went <gasps> which is great and still his best appearance. And, <laughs> and when you, best of all, when you heard, you know, I really think you might, there was this buzz. Hundreds of, hundreds of people were like, no. 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 And then obviously no. you see him, and of course you don't. And everyone just went, <gasps> and there were people crying. That was quite sweet. And they're like, I'm not talking about, like, oh. I'm not talking about, you know, again, this isn't everyone, it's a loud minority. I'm not talking about Tumblr fanboys and fangirls. I'm talking about, like, people in their 30s, 40s, 50s who were suddenly seeing 
their doctor again. They were crying. It was so sweet. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, in terms of stuff to watch, Night of the Doctor and Adventure in Space and Time is the best takeaway from the 50th year, I think. It's oh, good. By Jingo. It's going to like it. Um, <laughs> who do you want as an action figure? You can pick absolutely anyone. Doctor Who, there's this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want... Um, I want a Clara Oswald that comes packaged with a small flamethrower or hot glue gun. Okay. So I can just slowly destroy it. Rassel Warrior <laughs> Robot. Oh! Shit, yes. <laughs> just, just, just go on eBay and get a putty from the 90s Power Rangers toys and just, and just silver paint out the black strips. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. A bit of sanding. Yeah. And then every time you pick it up, you have to go... <laughs> Um, lots of love and wet squishly cuddles, Jacob. Oh, do you know what? Actually, Actually it is a daft one. Bessie. Bessie. It's not a figure, but Bessie. Dapple were working on a prototype who mobile when the <coughs> factory got burned down. Damn. Mm. Damn cracker. Mm. <coughs> Beth, Bessie to go um, with the fifth, fifth, five inch scale figures would be really cool. PS says, says Jacob, here is a big dick pic and then a picture of Dick Van Dyke, which is refusing to load. Ah, <laughs> so, beautiful. You. Thank you for that. Um, and one more quick <laughs> call to arms for the dick pics. One more quick, quick, quick one from Jacob because he always emails in pairs. Um, hello again. <laughs> it's a like quick, Noah's Ark. A quick, <laughs> like the Noah's Ark of podcasts. Yes. Uh, a quick thing: if Obama was the black president, doesn't that mean Trump was the first fat twat president? No. The first what? The fat twat president. <laughs> fat twat. No, he's, the first, are, he's the first umpalumpa president. There have been many before him, um, <laughs> so don't worry about that. Uh, <coughs> he's the first annoying orange president. Danny Sim. Danny Sim, little Danny Sim, a man Says. of high stature and high hair. So there are many film worlds mm. out there, but which film world would you, each of you least like to live in? For Ooh. example, Star Wars Universe, MCU, Pandora, Avatar, Class. <laughs> class unitard. Which fictional universe would we like to live in? We least like to oh, live in. Oh, least like to live in. Oh. it's um, a good one, I suppose. Uh, in terms of trying to peg one down, that is tough. Hmm. Uh, I think um, The Matrix. Mm. Because, because you'd find out, of it being The Matrix, at some point there would be clues in some way to show you the horror. Because here's the thing. If you're living in the Matrix, you're blissfully unaware. Yeah. But if you are liberated from the Matrix, which is the mission of our main characters, you're suddenly wearing shitty clothes in a shitty world, coming out of a shitty pod with oh. shitty goon, shitty tubes, and oh. your shitty bald God, head. everything is awful. Yeah. yeah. And I'd be like, put me back in. <laughs> put me back inside the Matrix. <laughs> so the Matrix, because the, the problem is if the heroes win... <laughs> the problem is if you if the heroes win, um you have a shit existence. It was us who scorched the sky. Yeah. So Yeah, we kinda of fucked ourselves up on them. How about you, baby cakes? Um anything dystopian sci fi really. Um Dune. Because I've been because I've been delving into the expanded universe a lot recently, probably the aliens universe. Slash Predator Universe. Yeah. Because no matter yeah. what planet you live on, there's a good chance that you're either going to get stalked by intergalactic hunters. Or sexually or assaulted sexually by assaulted a crab. Or sexually insect, yeah. <laughs> and then have something birth out from you and kill all your friends. Um, so yeah, that's a... And also it's, you know, it's a, a human society under total corporate control and uh, strapped for resources and everything's terrible and it's implied that Earth's this horrific 
fucking um, super urbanized hellscapes. And then you yeah. finally find one day to yourself where you go to Paris to go see the Eiffel Tower and, and a then fucking a spaceship fucking lands shit on crashes you. on you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Every decision creates ripples. Hey! Terrible. Hey. Terrible. Uh, so, Ian. Ew. I Ian says. Ew. I Ew. Regarding the article in the Daily Punctilio, <laughs> how to start fires. <laughs> I am sorry to say this email, which we're about to read out loud, is extremely unpleasant. It tells an unhappy review about a Netflix original series. It is my sad tale to write down this unpleasant review, but there is nothing stopping you from putting this email down and reading a more funny email if you prefer that sort of thing. With all due respect, Ian. Dear Chris and Matt, the dead make no podcasts, but the sad still email them. (laughs) I found the tale of the Baudelaire orphans to be very fantastically delightful. A phrase which here means enjoyable, if a bit repetitive, only due to books one to three already being in visual form as a bit of déjà vu. I found the tale of the Baudelaire orphans to be very fantastically <clears throat> delightful. You're spotting a pattern. A here. phrase which here means enjoyable, if a bit repetitive, only due to books one to three <laughs> already being in visual form as a bit of déjà vu. Nicely done. That's why I don't screen emails. <laughs> uh, it does seem to be getting a lot of unjust hate due to people not understand what is or saying Jim Carrey is the one true Olaf. No, there's when, no one true There's no one true Olaf. We've yet to see it. When neither have really gotten the character. Yeah. Or having been misled by the movie such as uh, Eyes Being or Saxalicious, one who lives under a rock, and not knowing it was a book series first. The Miserable Mill is one of my two favourites. I quite enjoyed seeing it in visual form. I can't wait for series two as I've forgotten most of the middle books in this series, so I'll probably enjoy that a lot more, having no idea of the storyline. Speaking of storyline, they have been very excogiate, a word which here means to think, plan, or something carefully throughout with it. No like the movie which where they've moved the mystery to the forefront as well as that's how to hook people nowadays, which I can forgive. Uh, the world is quite here. World is quiet here. Quiet here. Uh, quiet here. The world is quiet here. Ian, sent from Postbox Thirteen in the village of foul devotees, approved by the Council of Elders. Someone's a fan of the books. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yep. That went straight over my head, but I think it went straight into your heart. It went into my heart and my fart. Final one, and then we're all <laughs> done. Oh my God! What? Ed. 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 Ed says, <laughs> "Hi guys." Hi, Ed. I've just finished Netflix as a series of unfortunate events. There's someone who has always been meaning to read the books but never got round to it. Should I read them now and spoil future series of the show? No, just listen to the email we read out earlier. <laughs> Should I wait until after the show is finished? I'm probably being stupid as reading the books will probably enhance my viewing of the series but thought I'd ask your opinion. Anyway, cheers. Uh, I don't think reading the books would um, would make the watching of the series better but I will say this, you will pick up on lots more little treats and tidbits. For example, the moment we we met Gustav in um, episode one or two, the guy who uh, Jacqueline talks to on the phone, I was like, I know who that is. (laughs) I wonder how they're going to tie this into the next episode. It must be in episode two because I've not seen it yet. No big spoiler, but he's he's loosely connected to to the next story. I don't think we're worried about getting spoiled (laughs) on the unfortunate events anymore. (laughs) Look Um, away, look away. Make sure you put a big old spoiler warning in those show notes, Christopher. <clears throat> Convenient on the way. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll stick that in the doodads. Um, and, and then I'll put a spoiler note on it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it will, it'll definitely, you'll definitely appreciate it. I think what the best thing to do, 
uh, Eon, not Eon was last email, Ed, I think the best thing to do, Ed, is to, <clears throat> in the year you have, between now and the next Your series, death. or the next series, <laughs> um, read the 13 books. Go for it. In fact, I'll do you one better. And this is why we need Audible to bloody sponsor us. Get the audiobooks downloaded. Because you get to hear book three, four, and five read, read by Daniel Handler, aka Lemony Snicket. So you get to hear the original author's voice. But you get books one, two, and six onwards read by Tim Curry. <laughs> and he does an excellent job. Uh, in fact, he's probably the closest to an Olaf I like because it's the words from the book and he revels in it. He loves doing those lines. So that's what I recommend. I recommend reading or listening to all the books between now and next series. Because then when you get to series two, you can rewatch series one to recap and you'll pick up on things you never noticed. Yeah. And then when series two comes along, you'll be ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve. <laughs> Just like King Hydroflux. Yeah. Who? What? Benedict, no, Mysterio. Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> Who? 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 Uh, well, that is it for this week, because I'm not going to have a heart attack and die, apparently. But you can join us for more bullshit over on iTunes, on Tumblr, bigdamnblog.tumblr.com. That's where we post all of our nonsense, trips and drabs. We're on Twitter at Big Damn Cast. Yes. And most importantly, new home on YouTube, mother truckers. The Big, Big Damn, Damn Channel. channel. Uh, if you're already here, welcome. If you're not, go subscribe. Come to me. There's video content, you know. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know who you're being, but I enjoy it. When is this episode going up, Christopher? This episode is going up on Friday, the 27th of January. And when is our first video going up? Sunday, the 29th of January. Oh, you lucky people, go and get over there and watch it with your eyes. Oh, we'll have a new piece of video content for you every Sunday. You lucky, lucky, lucky people. <laughs> See you. Bye.